You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin by calling in the helping spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and met the challenges of their time in creative and innovative ways. Those who held true to those teachings humans need to be better people in the world and those who are willing to try something new because it was necessary and because it was actually effective. So I call out to these ancestors to help us, to help the living to learn from those who have gone before them, to help the living to understand that we have this great, rich resource in our ancestors. We ask them to come and to help the living to do what must be done now in our time for those who are coming. And I reach out beyond these ancient human ancestors to those ancestors of other forms that were here long before humans and will most likely be here long after. I call out to all of those energies of the dream, those who dreamt of life and humans emerged, those who came from the planet who dreamt of life and life itself emerged. I call out to all of those many beings in that life to be with us here today to help us to understand how to be humans that better fit in to the bigger picture to this great web of life and to do so in a way that brings our human uniqueness out but in a way that also supports the uniqueness in all other living things. So we ask these ancestors to be around us as well here today as we continue to reach out to understand our first and most ancient ancestors. So as the ancestors gather around us here today, let's call our awareness in from whenever it might be into our head, from our head to our heart, and from our heart down to our belly and take a moment then to still the day, to stop our mind, and to do one thing, to reach down and touch the earth, and to give thanks to the earth for the beauty of this day, for all that this day holds. We give thanks for the diversity and the wonder. We give thanks for the possibility and thanks for the journey and all that we will learn. We give thanks for all that has been on this journey that has brought us to this moment for all that is and all that will be. And we give thanks to the, to the earth for the generosity in her dreaming that allows us as humans to change as long as we are breathing. And we give great thanks for the miracle of life. And with gratitude in our heart pouring over for all of these things and the abundance of these things in our life, we reach down through all the layers of the earth, allowing our gratitude to pour out as we go reaching down all the way to the very center of the earth. And we take a moment there in the center of the earth to feel the stillness, the silence, the darkness, to feel all that is before it is anything, to feel this place of potential, this place that at its very essence offers renewal, restoration, and replenishment. And we reach down deeply into this energy just as we would reach our hands into a pool of clear water. And we begin to draw this energy up, drawing it up like a spring that rises to the surface of the earth. We draw up the energy of the earth into our lives to bring us this energy that renews. And may this energy give us the strength and the clarity to ground ourselves, to ground our physical body into this physical earth, to connect our belly to the belly of the earth, and to have a sense of being here now, to be present, 
and from this to take a stand and from where we take a stand to know why we take a stand what do we live for and from this to understand what it is that is our home what it is that is our place what it is that we belong to and we call out to the earth energy to help us to do this in a way that is no longer bound to place and nationality but allows us to open to those who are different than we are so that we can inspire each other to be more than we have been and to become better humans through the way that we engage with each other. We ask the energy of the earth to continue to help us to understand about connection and interconnection and cooperation and communication, all of these things that allow this great web of life to exist. And may we open ourselves in this day to a moment of feeling, awareness of our place in that great web of life, insignificant and exceptional, both at the same time. And from this place in the great web of life, may we come into, great, into right relationship with ourself, right relationship with our environment and with others, right relationship with the invisible world. And with the energy of the earth teaching us always how to be here in a way that is abundant and connected and in oneness, let us draw that energy of the earth up from our bellies to our heart, our heart to our mind, and from our mind out the top of our head as we rise up on this earth energy through the sky, through whatever weather it holds, out through the atmosphere and all the way up up and out through the cosmos, past all the heavenly bodies, the great wonders and mysteries of our universe yet to be understood. We reach out to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name we know this, this power, I, have, I don't care at all how you know it. It doesn't matter. It is all of the names and still more. And we reach out to this energy to see ourselves in it and it in us. And we draw this energy down, bringing in the essence energy into ourselves, into our lives, into these proceedings. The essence energy of blessing, the energy of protection and the generosity that comes from the benevolence of this universe. And we call down the beneficence of the universe and all the wisdom of the cosmos. We call these energies in for inspiration and illumination and we draw them in bringing into ourselves devotion to our soul's purpose, calling this energy into our mind, down into our heart, from our heart to our belly, and from our belly we send this golden energy all the way down to the very center of the earth. And in this way we open ourselves to be this place of meeting, a meeting of these two great legendary lovers, earth and sky, coming together within us, yin and yang, in the great dance of complementary dualism that gives birth to all this life of form that we experience. We give gratitude to this big love within us and ask it to awaken our own hearts, to rejuvenate and inspire and provoke the spirit of our own heart to come alive and to open that crucible of transformation that it is. And we call up the fiery passions of our belly and we call down the crystal clarity of our mind and we ask these energies to dance together, to come together within us in a way that allows us to begin to sense and to feel and to know why we are here, to remember the heart's memory of what we are here for. And may we find in that beating human heart there in your chest the courage that you need to do something, to actually do something, large or small, to bring your gifts into manifestation in the world today. So a great gratitude for all the helping spirits that gather around us and help us as the humans to bring our gifts to the world. Give great gratitude to the spirit help. May what needs to be said be said here today. What needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I give great gratitude to those of you who find that generosity in your heart to give financially to Why Shamanism Now. This is listener-supported radio. It would not continue without your generous donations. And by generous, I actually mean anything, large or small, whatever currency you choose. Um, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com to the support button, donate any amount, large or small. If you want to do this, but you don't want to think about it every month, feel free to set up 
uh, monthly payments through your own PayPal account and just let PayPal do it for you. But either way, anyway, I'm grateful for all of it. So if this show moves you in any way, even if it irritates the crap out of you, it has moved you. And if that is the case, it has moved you in the heart. And please do this most fundamental of shamanic actions, which is to allow the movement in the heart to motivate your actions in the world and to do something to help the show to grow. Because there are many ways that help the show to grow in addition to the finances. And I give great gratitude for those of you that share your emails with me that talk about how you've brought the teachings into your journey circles, how you've done them in your life, how you've created a study group with friends to learn about these things, how you have engaged with these ideas, how they have worked, how they haven't worked, your questions, and how they spawn new ideas for new shows. All of these things help the show to grow, sharing the shows, sharing the links, commenting on the Facebook page, all of these things help us to continue to understand how we will become the people who will write a truly new story for this new world in which we all live together. So uh, we are not live today, um, but I do welcome emails. If you have questions about today's show, you can send them to me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So we're continuing today in this grand adventure of working with the elements. And I'm going to remind you again that um, there is a show just about working with the elements in general already in the archives at whyshamanismnow.com. Um, and we've already done a show about working with the earth element and working with the air element. So today we're going to talk about working with the fire element. And so I'm going to remind you about that time before time and that place before place, that beginning, that great nothingness, the great void, this, this, this whatever that we can't even really understand or find words for because it is so distinctly different from our human experience in form. But there was this time before time and place before there was place. And for some reason, we'll never really quite understand this great nothingness dreamt. And out of this dream came a spark of fire and a crystal of ice. And so these are our two most ancient ancestors, the first to come into form. Grandfather fire, grandmother ice. And from these two great dreamers, who of course are dreamers because everything born of the dream is a dreamer, including you and me, including everything that we create, including everything else that grows here on earth with us. Everything is dreaming. Everything is a dreamer. And so out of this dream of fire and ice comes earth and air and all the many things that come together to be this experience of form that we all share. And what is important about these most ancient ancestors, the first ancestors, is that their energy is simple and it is very important that they are non-human. And this matters because humans tend to make things harder than they need to be. We tend to make messes in our powerful creativity and innovation. We tend to make a mess of things. And we tend to make it complicated and get all bunched up and twisted around and lost and confused and trapped in our own making. And so the beauty of the elemental energies is their simplicity and their purity, their utter and complete surrender to their true nature. And in this way, they can help us to see a path out of whatever it is that we've created that is simple, a path that is open, a path that is flowing, and a path that allows us to connect again to these elemental energies, to understand our own essence, and to begin to operate from this place to restore our life to its place in the true original dreaming. So the elements are essence energies. And as essence energies, they offer us gifts that we can access through relationship with them. And so these shows are about how we might begin to come into relationship with the elemental energies in our life. And to do so um, will allow them to be better able to help us. So today we talk about fire, the old man, the first ancestor, the great 
great-great-grandfather who helps us to see what is truly going on here. So we act as if we are somehow better organized or civilized in some way that sets us outside of these elemental energies. When in truth, we are lost. And in having lost our way to being truly good humans, we have lost our relationship with the elemental energies and our own elemental nature. You know, this isn't a game that you are playing with a patient parent universe, a game of find the soul's purpose if you can. Sure, use as many lifetimes as you need to. We'll all wait. We have all the time in the world. That's not what's going, what is going on here. You're not here to play this game with an ever-patient universe. There is a world here that is in need. And you are the medicine. I am the medicine. We are the medicine. And that is the only reason that any one of us is here, which is to be the medicine for a world in need. This world and its need to come to know itself is pulling the medicine out of you and out of me. So we can stand in the way of that, thinking that it's all about you or it's all about me. It's all about what we want in life. It's all about us using the great secrets of the universe to manifest what we want. We can continue to play at the idea that that's what it's all about. Or we can surrender to what is truly going on here. There is a world in need here and we are the medicine. So the last thing that I wanted in this way was to dance. And I sacrificed everything in my life at that time. My education, my status, my rank and privilege, my boyfriend, my everything to do that. Literally, everything in my life moved 3,000 miles away to go and do that one thing that I wanted. I followed my bliss. And I found that I was wrong in a certain sense. I found that my bliss, though it was the most powerful bliss I knew at that time, was shallow. And that I was shallow in that I severely lacked the imagination about what we are all really doing here. What we are called to be here. And so that life the dancing life, the life that I wanted, the last time I wanted something, was sacrificed on that shore of reality, being beaten by the waves against the shore. So this little world of mine, this dance life went up in flames. And I realized that a part of me who wanted to actually understand what is going on here was the one that held that lighter to that little life that went up in flames. So somewhere I heard this whisper that this isn't the game here, this game of finding your soul's purpose, using however many lifetimes you want with this ever-patient parent universe. That that was a wounded child's interpretation of sacred truths and that something else was really going on here. That there is a world in need here and your body is on loan from the greater universe so that you can use that body to bring the medicine to this world in need. And so the message from the fire is always step up, people. Step into the fire that is your true spirit nature and let it burn the dross of your life. Let it burn away the chaff, the flotsam and the jetsam you have gathered along the way in your effort to stay alive. Step into the flame that is the fire of the true spirit of your life and let it burn. Step into the fire of your soul's true longing for why it is here. In this way, you can be the medicine you came here to be. The medicine that we all came here to be. Because we came here to rise up to that original dream. 
that dream of love that became chi, that became fire and water and everything else. We are part of that great dream. And we are great dreamers because of it. And we are here to be what the world needs us to be. Not the limited imagination of our human wants, but to desire to be what your soul incarnated for. This is the fire element. So in shamanic healing work, the fire is used in its physical form. For example, when Quechua shamans uh, kamai or blow this fine mist of alcohol, they blow it across the flame of a candle and the alcohol catches fire. And so this great big fireball is blown onto a person and it consumes them as it burns out. And so in this way, the patient effectively is engulfed in these healing flames. And another direct use of the physical fire can be seen when a shaman draws the energy of the fire that is burning physically in the space and directs that energy towards the person uh, with their hands, with their intention. So the fire... Physically, the fire is used in many ways. The fire is also used in healing in its energetic form in the journey world. And some of these examples of this could be um, the fire used by the shaman in a soul retrieval journey to cleanse or purify a soul part before it's returned to the person that it came from as a way to restore a soul part to its um, vital and healthy form. Um, Another healing process the shaman might use would be to journey into the invisible world to find the patient's inner fire, to find um, lost life force or a soul part that's carrying this lost life force. Um, This kind of soul part is often stolen by soul thieves. Um, But sometimes it's simply been hidden for safekeeping. So the fire... um, can be called on by shamans as a helping spirit, by some shamans as a helping spirit. And primarily, this is done in the invisible world. But there are shamans who are um, required by the training in their culture of shamans to cultivate a mastery of fire. Um, And so in this way, then, the fire can be called on as a spirit in the physical world, in its physical manifestation. So in many cultures, the training of the shaman requires that they cultivate and uh, learn to direct and focus their own inner fire. This is also true in many monasteries um, for adept practitioners of, um, certainly of um, Qigong, Um, but I believe also in the yogic forms, this mastery of one's inner fire. Um, And so for some shamans, this is an aspect of their training. And for these shamans, their ability to work with fire in its physical form is a direct reflection of their mastery of fire in its inner form in the person. So they have mastery over their personal relationship with the fire element within themselves and then it allows them to work with it in, in very um, ecstatic, high-level ways in the physical form. And so we go to fire uh, for rituals of transformation, sudden transformation. We go to the fire when we need death or some form of sudden instant transformation. So lightning as a form of fire is also an initiatory energy for shamans. Lightning is, brings in the energy of instantaneous transformation. Now the fire itself is slow relative to the lightning in terms of transforming, but it's only slow relative to lightning because relative to us humans and our capacity to change things, the fire burns things right before our eyes, purifies the energies, restores the physical form to ash, to water vapor, and sends the energies in their purified form wherever it is that they need to go. The fire is a great transformer. In many ways, the only thing quicker is to be struck by lightning 
And this is why being struck by lightning in and of itself is considered sometimes an initiation of shamans. So we go to the fire when we need to end something now. We go to the fire for release, particularly in a culture that doesn't let go of anything. I mean, how many homes, how many cars, how many outfits, how much stuff do you need? Especially when all of this stuff is actually keeping you locked into a story that is your past. Right? So we go to the fire to learn to let go and to release. We go to the fire for purification. Not because we are sinful or bad, but because life is messy and because any living entity creates waste. The, the, the actual act of living by its nature creates waste. And thus, we sometimes go to the fire to purify that waste. But the most important waste or the most common waste we bring to the fire is honestly the way that we waste our lives because of the way we think about things and the way we keep alive these stories from our past because we refuse to go rescue the aspect of ourself that is holding that story, be that soul loss or simply the stories we hold in our own bodies. That our refusal to allow the wounded child to heal and simply become the happy child archetype within us. This is the greatest need for purification and detoxification. Some cultures practice, um, oh, I lost track of the word. Anyway, it's a ritual in which we go back through our life and offer these incomplete stories, these um, unfinished acts to the fire. The dreams that we are no longer wanting to put energy into dreaming. Recapitulation. There are recapitulation rituals where we give, we go back over, we review our life because we're purifying the storyline so that it only supports that which is essential, the story that we truly want our life to tell. And that all these other things, it's not that they didn't happen. It's that we want to condense those stories into the diamond of the learning that we gain from it and allow the rest of it to go. And so it's about the, the completion of the processing of the life into the essence of the person that you are now, the journey you are on now, the dream you are dreaming now the life you want to be living. This is, this is the, the most challenging act of purification for us as contemporary people is all the stories in our head, the limitations, the fear-based stories, the judgments, the story we tell ourselves about not being worthy. These are all the things that we can go to the fire with to be purified. And so the fire is about learning the art of letting go particularly of letting go of what no longer serves us. So the role of the fire in a cosmology um, is different depending on the shamanic people the cosmology belongs to. And so it's specific culturally. Um, so for example, the Dagra people of West Africa utilize the fire as a connection to the ancestors to fuel their dreams and visions. And so whenever they light a fire, it can become a conduit directly to the ancestors, which always kind of reminds me of Harry Potter and the flu powder, where you use the flu powder and then all the fireplaces are connections. <laughs> so the fire uh, as a connection to the ancestors is kind of like Harry Potter and the flu powder. But anyway, my point is for the Dagra, the fire itself is the means by which we speak to the ancestors and ask them to help us to fuel our dreams and visions. But in contrast to that, deep in the Amazon for the Shuar people, they believe that the fire attracts helpful spirits and serves as a sign for souls of the living to find their way home after their long journeys in the invisible world. And so for this reason, a Shuar lodge is never without a fire, even though it's hella hot down there. They still always have a fire burning because it's about the spirits of the living finding their way home. 
And so they're all right. None of, none of these none of these ways are right or wrong. They are just all ways of working with the fire. So elementally speaking, right? The fire is your spirit. Elementally, um, it is that spark of life that is your piece of that first great spark. You know, great 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 grandfather fire who was brought into the world of form, brought this whole world into existence with great-grandmother ice, right? So fire is your piece of that spark. It is the passion that burns in your loins for your soul's true purpose. It is the warmth that you feel in your heart when your heart sings the song that is your true nature, when you're really in it, when you're really doing what is yours to do. Your heart sings and your body is warmed by this incredible life force, which is your spark blazing. Because you are doing what you came here to do. You are being the medicine you incarnated to be. So the fire is also the aliveness that you feel in your whole body when you breathe breath into your unique authenticity. I mean, sure, it feels good to help other people. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it really is a different kind of good when you are benefiting other people, benefiting other life through doing what is uniquely yours to do. So this is the fire, elementally. And the fire can consume your life when you refuse the longing of your soul distracted by your perceived needs of the wounded child and the arrogance of the false self masquerading as you and being so sure that this is your game to play and that you're in control. So the fire can consume your whole life when you refuse the longing of your soul. In transformation, the fire is the healer. It is freeing us from attachments. It is freeing us from old dreams. We aren't actually going to live it's freeing us from all we have created in our life to save us from our fears all those false selves all those stories all those traps all those ways we have gotten lost just to avoid what we're afraid of just to avoid our fear of judgment so the fire is here to help us to kill that false life off and to give us a chance for a new beginning. Out here in uh, the Pacific Northwest and in different parts of America, there are trees, mostly conifers, mostly pine trees, um, who can only birth a new tree when their pine cones are burned by a fire. And that it opens the pine cones in a way that the seeds spring forth and are able then to germinate and to grow. And so there are actually a number of plants, interestingly, you can Google this if you don't believe me, but there are a number of plants that actually require fire in their germination cycle. And this is an important metaphor for us to have because we also need the fire to kill off that pine cone to kill off that false life we've protected ourselves in so that we could be safe from what we fear and from what we judge. To give us a chance then through the fire for a new beginning. So fire's great gift, if, if you wish to live a life of passion, is to bring you into right relationship with death. Death, as an ally, keeps your energy free so that you can feel and follow the passion of your soul's longing. So don't mistake the role of the fire. It's not to renew your passion or worse to be your passion by filling you up with excess fire that can only lead to arrogance and aggression and ambition. The fire is here to clear things away, to purify and to cleanse to restore things to their elemental nature so that you are free to feel your true passion that was trapped or denied, to feel the song 
that sings in your heart. So don't mistake the fire for that. It can't be that for you, but it can clear the way and create an opening and a possibility for you to begin again. So when we focus on the element of fire, we are focusing on the quality of the relationship we want to have with our own spirit. We're focusing on how we allow or do not allow our spirit to influence what we value and to then motivate our actions in the world. When we focus on going to the fire for transformation, we are working with the fire as the healer who is showing us how to engage in the art of release and the art of sacrifice so that we can free our hearts to love what truly matters to us and free our lives from living patterns of thinking, of behaving, of speaking, of feeling, of acting. So we can free our lives from these patterns that drain our hearts from their natural fullness and desire to engage and connect and be one with all life. So we go to the fire to free the heart to be full again, to pull our energy and our life out of the elaborate and marvelous addictions that we have created. So we go to the fire so that we can live again in ways that align with our true values and nourish the heart. We go to the fire so that we can fill the heart so that we are able to access the power of love in our life. Our sense that we have that living a life connected to love is foolish comes from the fact that there's so little room left in our heart that love remains somewhat superficial in our ability, or we remain somewhat superficial in our ability to express it. Those people that have cleared space in their heart and their life to let love begin to take its true forms and dimensions know that it is the great mystery, or it is one of the great mysteries, and that it is there is nothing cowardly or... Uh, childish of choosing to live a life of love it is actually the thing that terrifies us the most and takes the greatest courage to do so what's important to understand is that love is not the power of getting our needs met or loving feeling important or loving the feeling safe from our fears or loving that we are perfect so that, that we won't get judged. No, that is not the power of love. That the fire is about freeing us from these illusions and about giving us the opportunity to actually love again. Love without the limitations, to love in a way that risks things that may not feel safe, may not feel known, may not feel ordinary right fire is about freeing us from our illusions and giving us the opportunity to actually love again so people who live in good relationship with the fire element are full-hearted people with a passion for life and their place in it so it's not just a passion for life where they're completely sacrificed and there's no them there it's about full-hearted people who have a great passion for life and their place in life. And the qualities that we gain from working with the fire elements are things like creativity and the ability to express ourselves with a sense of freedom that does not require taking things from others. A lot of people see their freedom dependent on taking things from others to get what's theirs. And that's not really what the fire is about because the fire is about this abundant creative energy. So it's about that ability to express yourself with a sense of freedom that does not require taking resources from others. And a good relationship with the fire can also result in um, good uh, relationship with the ability to complete things. 
So if you're lacking the capacity to complete projects, there's some problem in your the health of your relationship with fire. So completion and uh, the and the art of really cleansing um, that completion and cleansing arise from a healthy relationship with sacrifice and letting go. Um, and that's what is required to have this constant sense of renewal and rejuvenation. You know, those, those qualities that need to come after creation and expression is the need to complete and to cleanse and to go back into a space that is not about expressing, but is about renewing and rejuvenating. And for many people, there's this incessant desire to express. It's like expecting companies to have an, an, a constantly rising cycle of profit. Um, these things create this unnatural state of affairs when what it needs to happen is the constant cycling between expression and renewal and generation and expression and then renewal and regeneration. And so the fire is certainly about the expressive piece, but it's also about completion, ending, letting go, being done, cleansing, being empty, being nothing, being insignificant and not seen because you're in the state of rejuvenating and replenishing before you rise up again into expression. So right relationship with fire also cultivates in our lives the energy of blessing. And the ability to feel the blessing that flows from a felt sense of the benevolence of our universe. And so fire helps us then to to move from this vast cosmic benevolence through this energy of blessing and allows us then to bestow blessings, to feel blessed, to offer blessings. Um, So that is an aspect of a healthy relationship with fire. Now, we talk about these persons sometimes, people who always see the cup as half full. But the truth is, it's people that can see the blessing in the situation. And then another aspect similar to blessing is this quality of people in good relationship with fire have great generosity of heart, great generosity in life. And that this comes from this felt sense of this beneficence in our universe, because of this great cosmic beneficence, it moves through us into this feeling of generosity and then out through our hearts in the way that we engage with the world. Right? And this is another aspect, another manifestation of a healthy relationship with the fire element. Of course, your lack of any of these things also speaks to a not quite so healthy relationship with the fire element. So in a healthy relationship with fire, we also understand the art of protection, And how protection really flows not out of this sense of I'm under attack and I need to defend, but that a healthy sense of protection actually flows from my sense of these abundant blessings all around me and my need to draw these energies in from this blessing and, and, and generous nature of the universe to draw this energy in to create and tend what I'm responsible for. And so protection comes from sort of drawing that circle around the part of this that is me and that I need to give to the world. Because I'm the only person who can, not because I'm special, because I'm so wonderful, but because I am unique and everyone and everything is unique and that it's my job to do this thing. And so a healthy relationship with fire is also speaking to our expression of excellence even in that capacity to make excellent mistakes so i have this longtime student who just can't grasp the art of making mistakes that there's a great addiction to perfection what is also interesting about this student is there's also this great attachment to stuff from the past And I I can't tell you how many times in working with her peers and myself, someone doesn't just simply say, you would be blessed if it all just burnt down in a fire. Because there's just this constant feeling with this particular person in their fear and their trappedness of old stories of not being willing to come into this right relationship with fire 
and let fire sort of burn through her life and take away all this stuff, all these physical artifacts of the past, this stuff that does nothing, boxes and boxes of stuff that haven't been opened for two decades, stuff, right? And so this just speaks to an imbalance with the fire, an inability to recognize that this stuff robs us of the energy to move towards this true expression in our life. And so this expression of excellence is also the expression of excellent, fabulous mistakes. And it's about this precision as a way to focus our actions. So I've got all this energy, all this fire, and this ability to be precise with it and focus my actions on the thing that I am to manifest in the world. And then this devotion that comes in for the things that you value, the things you feel you're responsible for, the things that you tend in life, and to devote yourself to the practice, to the tending, to the expression of these energies. And, and just so you think fire is boring, the truth of the matter is a right relationship with fire brings into our lives a great capacity to be playful and joyful. It's why we can make these excellent mistakes. It's because there's a sense of humor and this capacity to know when is it appropriate to bring a playful spirit to things and to feel at our, in our hearts through the generosity and the blessing and the gratitude and the expression and the creativity and all of this energy, this great joy. And that joy doesn't come from getting our needs met. Joy comes from the expression of that which lives in our heart. So right relationship with fire is about burning away all those aspects of yourself that think you have so many needs. And opening yourself through that purification to the longing in your soul to be the medicine for the world you've come here to be and the joy in becoming that and expressing that. So all of this is about ways a human expresses a good, healthy relationship with fire. Um, and so this is, this is all of this then is given uh, when we see these in a person, this person has good relationship with the fire and often begins to function in their life utterly unintentionally as the fire has functioned since ancient times. That the person begins to be something that gathers the people. The person begins to become a destination in a sense. And because they have this, this rich and healthy relationship with fire, that they become like the fire. And they call people to them, not by calling them, but simply by being, by sharing themselves. People gather and then begin to share themselves and become brighter fires within themselves. So one of the most important things then in understanding fire and all of its power and its ability to get out of control and in that way be damaging is to understand for all of its power the fire has very immediate dependency on fuel and air. And so if a fire has no fuel, it very quickly consumes its fuel and goes extinct. Right? There's no conserving energy in fire. You actually can work with the fire in ways that can bank it. Um, school, I can't remember quite quite the right word but anyway to work with the fire to preserve it and carry it but they're very particular acts left to its own nature fire burns up its fuel and goes out left to its own innate natural energy similarly you can put a fire out immediately by robbing the fire of air you can suffocate a fire instantaneously so what does this mean then about fire in your life, especially if you're realizing, listening to this, that you're not in good relationship with fire? What fuel are you giving the fire in your life? 
where is the air for the fire in your life? You can think about it in that way. Is your fire being suffocated? Is there no air, breath, life? Is your fire going out because it has no fuel? For each of us as humans, because of the nature of being a human, our fire, the fire of our soul's purpose, has an endless source of fuel if we will give it up. And this is what the fire helps to teach us as an element, to let go. Every single day, the person I was yesterday could be fuel for the fire of my soul's purpose. To say nothing of all the past selves that you have not yet become accountable to and cleared. We have endless amounts of energy we've invested in who we have been that could be brought to the fire of our soul's purpose to burn, and yet we don't. This is the fuel for this true fire. And I truly encourage a right relationship with fire so you can learn to give up that fuel. So what can working with the fire look like? Early on, one of the first elements that I learned to work with is the fire. And this is embedded in the cycle teachings. One of the great problems of our contemporary time is that we as children are not initiated clearly into adulthood and all the trappings around that, which is an entirely different series of shows. But my point is we are not initiated into adulthood. And this is the root of a huge amount of our problems as adults. And so in the cycle teachings, which are four years meeting once every six months for four years, and actually once every four months in the final year, in the fourth year. What we are doing as we come together are prescribed specific uh, fire rituals. And the purpose of the eight fire rituals that are in the first four years plus the final one in the fifth piece around dismantling your false self, that these fires, if they are approached correctly, intentionally, with skill, and with sacredness, they can amount to the equivalent of the initiation you should have had when you were a teen, if you're willing to engage the cycle in that way. And so the fire rituals themselves are meant to, frankly, destroy the aspects of yourself that no longer serve you, and to leave at the end of all eight fires the, the your authentic self, who then comes into this last fire as a way to release what remains of the false self at that point and to truly emerge out of the cycle teachings an initiated adult who is capable of spiritual maturity. You have the skills to do that, but you've also experienced not only the healing to get there, but the rituals necessary to move you through this fundamental gate that our culture is missing. So this for me is the great power of fire rituals. But what if you're just listening to this for the first time and you're not really so interested in the whole shaman thing and it seems like a bit much? What could you do? The simplest thing would be to become aware of everything that you do in the day that requires fire and give thanks. Every combustion engine that moves you through your day, cars, buses, um, trains, trains, planes, and automobiles, right? scooters. The fire that heats your water for your shower. The fire that heats your water for your coffee or your tea. There is fire throughout our day, hidden in all of these technical contemporary forms. But nonetheless, our day is made more magnificent because of fire. So give thanks. For those of you that camp, take a moment with each campfire that you burn and welcome the grandfather as he comes. Thank him for coming. Don't take the fire for granted. Each candle that you light in your home to create the mood for a romantic dinner, to fill the bathroom as you take a long bath with essential oils. We light candles all the time for significant reasons and yet we don't take a moment in that act to give gratitude to the fire that comes to create 
those sacred atmospheres for us. I have done fire rituals on a rooftop in Brooklyn, New York, in a snowstorm, thank you very much, with a burning bowl of 151 rum so that the people in that retreat could do their fire ritual. Fire rituals, fire circles can be done around a candle, around a burning bowl, around a great bonfire. Remember always that there is a fire in the sky. There is a fire in the center of the earth. And there's a fire of your soul's longing that burns in your root chakra for why you are here. Give gratitude to the fires all around that make your day possible. As with all the elements, there is a destructive form of the fire. It is the crazy woman in the fire. It is the raging forest fire utterly out of control, the relentless flow of lava. These are examples of fire in its destructive force. However, the contemporary Western culture is also an example of fire in its destructive force as it manifests through humans or as humans manifest their imbalance and their relationship with fire. Contemporary Western culture, especially in America, is not actually an expression of excess fire, as many people say. It's actually an expression of false fire. It's a false young culture. And in that there are certainly excesses. And as a result of this fire out of control, this raging forest fire of false young in contemporary culture, our children are thrashing in it. They are overwhelmed by this false fire in their soul loss, in their mental illness, in their obesity, and in their anger and disdain for the world. And what do we do? This raging fire that is us. And what do we do for our children? We give them more pharmaceuticals. No, I say. No. We, the adults are here to be the medicine for a world that is in need. We need to become better people so that we can show up for our children with something other than drugs in our hands and a joint, our joint, in the other hand. Healthy relationship with fire expresses itself in our transformation as individuals. And if we are willing to give up our excessive relationship with our needs and our fears and our limitations and to burn them away, to come into a healthy relationship with true fire, with true young, and we transform as individuals, we will transform our culture because we are the culture. And our ambitions, especially our misformed spiritual ambitions, but our ambitions become devotion. If we could manifest right relationship with fire, our arrogance would become our excellence. And if we could manifest a right relationship with fire, if we had the courage to go there, our aggression, which is everywhere in such subtle ways that build up to these vast, expansive ways of warring, but our aggression could become precision, the precise focusing of the flame of our heart's desire in the world as medicine. So let's pick something simple and essential, letting go of what no longer serves you, and bring that to the fire. Risk letting go of something that scares you to let go of and then commit to what else you will do. Step into the fire that is your true spirit nature. Step into the fire of your soul's true longing for why it is here. Be the medicine you came here to be so that we can all, all of life can rise into the original dreaming, that dream of the great nothingness that dreamt of love, that became chi, that became that crystal of water 
and that spark of fire. And that then became everything. So I give thanks to these most ancient ancestors. I give thanks to the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. If you really actually want to be the medicine that the world needs you to be, I encourage you to join me at Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self. It's happening this year, August 20th through 25th, outside of Portland. And yes, there is still time to register. There is still space in the workshop. And I invite you to join me and enter into the actual learning and embodiment of the cycle teachings. So next week, join us here at Why Shamanism Now as we continue our exploration of the elements and we dive into water. So I encourage you all to remember you came here as a spark of that original spark and to give gratitude to the fire that is all around you. Have a great week.